everybody. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And we are here for the final episode for now of the Demigod Dish because season one of Percy Jackson and the Olympians has come to an end. I am waiting for them to announce season two. How has it not happened yet? I saw somebody joke because apparently Walker has stolen so much from set. Like he even the stole shoes. He stole Luke's sword, Backbiter, and he mailed it to Charlie Bushnell. <laughs> so somebody joked that they haven't announced it because they're having to spend so much money replacing the stuff Walker stole. Oh my god. <laughs> so but, like, they've been saying kind of, like, the way that they're being interviewed, it's, like, inevitable that there's going to be season two. It sounds inevitable. Like, yes. and there's also so, – there's some source saying that the writer's room has already started even though there hasn't been an official greenlit. Like, they're writing yeah. season two. They need to get on that set, though, because we learned – in the behind the scenes documentary, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. See, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, oh I know, but okay. that's okay. You can talk about it anyway. I just, I know, oh, I, I haven't gotten to it. You know what? I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit, but you should watch it. And then next time we record, we can do like a little segment. Okay. Yeah, about I know. It. I haven't watched that one. I haven't watched the Echo one yet either. Okay. So uh, I was going to say they, oh my God, I lost my train of thought. They need to get back on set. Yeah, they need to get back on set because they shot for almost an entire year for season one. Wow. It was like 46 weeks, I think they said. Dang. 46 weeks of production for season one. Those kids are going to be aging. Get yeah. them back on set. Like, I mean, Walker grew like, like a whole yeah. foot. <laughs> Did you notice that um, when they returned to camp, like he was still, t- he was tall still. So clearly oh, so they, they shot in order then. Shot in order because... Remember, everyone was talking about that. Oh, he's going to return to camp and then he's going to be short all of a sudden. But no, I took no. I was like watching for it. I was like, I was looking. (laughs) Yeah, like it seemed like he was still way taller than Annabeth. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, you're absolutely right, though, because like these kids are growing. These kids are changing. But what I love about it, like because even Walker in interviews, um, he's even talked about like Heroes of Olympus. Yeah. Like, which I, I don't know. I'm still on the fence about Here's Olympus. I love Here's Olympus. Listen, but I don't know. Um, but every single time, like, Leah or Arian or, like, anybody does an interview, it seems very clear that, like, they have it planned to do all five. Yeah. I just, like, don't want it to turn into Stranger Things where yeah they're, like, 25 when they're supposed to be, like, 17. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So that, I think that's what it is. Like, obviously, like, I want all five seasons and I'll take it however they give it to me. But, um, yeah, I got them back in Vancouver shooting in that volume. Yeah, they showed that in the uh, documentary. It's the first volume that they made in Canada. Ooh. And they worked with ILM for all the CGI stuff. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I, every single person who has worked on this show seems to just, like, love it so much i saw some of um when they were talking to the actor who played aries um and like when they did their fight and everything Mm -hmm. i just like and it's like that's the thing too like for season two there's such a huge focus on clarice and they interviewed her um i can't remember her name um 
Oh, Dior. it's something cool. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say Dior. it's like a cool name. I know. I was like, it's a really cool name. Um, yeah, they interviewed Dior and they asked her, like, you know, what is she most looking forward to with Sea of Monsters? And she said it's like her getting to do scenes with Aries. Yeah. Like, I am so excited because, like, she, you know, was only in, like, really one episode in the first season. Mm-hmm. Clarice is honestly such an amazing character. Every single time I reread the books... I love her even more. Like, she's so cool. And especially the way that they have been adapting and updating parts of the book, like, with this show, I know Clarice's character is just going to pop off. Like, I'm really excited for that. So before we get too far into the Percy Jackson finale, um, we do have a couple of recommendations and some very exciting news, which we will get to. Um, so Alex has been watching the new Mr. and Mrs. Smith on Prime Video. Yeah, I actually have only watched one episode, um, and it was an hour long. Like it was a long first episode. It was great. It was really, really good. Um, such an improvement on the original material, too. Mm-hmm. Like Brad and Angelina have nothing on this. Like. <laughs> Oh my goodness, like the whole world that they've built um, with very little exposition, like they're not like telling us what's happening, but they're kind of like, show. they're definitely showing us instead of telling us. And I love that at the beginning. Donald Glover and Maya Erkstein's um, chemistry is so good. And I know originally uh, Maya's role was going to be Phoebe Waller-Bridge. It obviously... Donald and Phoebe have good chemistry too. We know that. But what Maya brings to this role is so much different than what I think Phoebe would have brought. Um, they're acting like com- comedic timing, com- comedic styles are very different. So I think I really like Maya. I really think she's really suited for this role of Jane in the show. Um, she's a very vulnerable person, but not very trusting of anyone and it's it's so good i don't want to give anything away (laughs) because it's just you have to watch it for yourself the acting's really good the chemistry between the two main actors is really good uh it's shocking at times uh the the action's good (laughs) like um yeah and there's a really cute cat in it Oh, see now, now you've hooked me. I was, I was like, mm, I don't know. The cat's name me. is Max. <laughs> I um, yeah, I really want to watch this. I I always remember like when we first heard about it because we were like, oh my god, it's Lando and L three once again. Um, yeah. But my mom and I have been watching Jessica Jones, and I I kind of want to take a pause on that. So yeah. I think maybe uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith will be. What we kind of take yeah, that break with. Yeah, it's like honestly, like a good, like it's light. It's like a light. It's light enough, honestly. At least the first episode is light. Um, with a, a bit of heaviness, but mostly a very light. Can be silly at times. <laughs> like um, the the two main actors have such a good like kind of banter and comedic mm-hmm. thing going between them and like a softness too yeah 
man it's a good <laughs> ship yeah i saw um part of you know like they did one of those like lie detector interviews um yeah which now are iconic because of merrily we roll along um yeah you know, um, but I saw part of their lie detector interview and <laughs> they were asking Donald Glover who his style inspiration was. And he said, Willy Wonka. And so then um, what's the actress's name? Maya. That? Maya. Yeah. So she was like, have you seen the new Willy Wonka? And he goes, no. And she throws him a picture of Timothy Chalamet. And she's like, is it because you don't support this man? <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> So like I I definitely want to watch it. Like I'm I'm definitely looking. I'm very I'm very excited to see Donald Glover again cuz it's like it's been a minute. Like I haven't really watched He's very with him. charming in this. He I but like he has this like quiet he has this quiet charming quality though. Like it's not he's not like loud about it. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. He's yeah. just like very soft, I think. Okay. Okay. Um, your other recommendation. So I read this a while ago, and actually before we started recording, Alex had to remind me of a couple of things. I didn't retain much of it, but um, the Scarlet Veil by yeah. Shelby Maharin. Um, so this is a spinoff of the Serpent and Dove books, which everyone knows Serpent and Dove is my favorite book. <laughs> we love um, Serpent and Dove. Yeah, it's my favorite book. Love hate sometimes. Um, yeah, like I, I think that the the uh, main series did. Uh, it didn't improve, but like yeah. at the same time, the first book to me is like so perfect. It is very hard to follow up. So like I still enjoy the series as a whole, but the first book's my favorite. So then she, um, Shelby like announces she's going to do like a pirate book. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. <laughs> okay. I still like want that so badly <laughs> because I, don't know. I, I think she would write something like Will and Elizabeth, like, Pirates of the Caribbean Oh, she so would. Yeah. And, like, I would eat that up. Okay? Like, I wanted that book so badly. And then I don't know what made her change her order of what she was writing. Well, I know that – so she that book was going to be adult. Like, that was going to be, like, her yeah. first adult novel because um, Serpent and Dove is her young adult. And at the same time, she was adapt. She was like figuring out Scarlet Veil, which was going to be YA. And I wonder if Scarlet Veil is just the one that got like more action, or if she just like found herself reaching for it more. I'm not yeah, sure. I guess or the publishers encouraged her to go write that because of how because popular the popularity. Yeah, I can see that too. Yeah. So, anyways. We ended up getting the Scarlet Veil first. I don't know what the um, status is of the pirate book, but we got Scarlet Veil. It's about the character Saylee, which is Reed, who is one of our main characters in Serpent and Dove, his ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And Saylee is like, I would say like kind of like timid, um, very soft character that a lot of the other characters see as weak i guess you would say she's very like stereotypically feminine yeah which is oftentimes translated as like you know not strong like if you think of a strong female character she's kind of the opposite of that (laughs) yeah so like i mean that ties into this whole book because at the beginning of the book she feels babied by all the people around her and um she doesn't like the way she's being perceived by the people around her. So uh, I won't say too much. She 
enters a vampiric world and we love vampire books. I always like <laughs> really into this because Twilight's having its like resurgence, right? Like everyone's talking about it. There's the ColourPop collection, everything. And there hasn't been a really good vampire book in a while. Like that was so like 2000s. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. Yeah. And this one is so good. Like the like you said to me, the world building that Shelby does, she has such a good sense of creating lore, like new lore, original lore, but also like using a very classic story like Beating the Beast as the base. Yeah, no, I feel like this was kind of like a return to form because I, I mean, Serpent and Dove is such a good book. I remember when when we read that and we were just like, oh my God. Like it was so amazing. It was like 2018, like best time, you know? <laughs> and and I feel like Scarlet Veil vale is kind of a return to that feeling because yeah. Saley, like, is honestly like probably the perfect character to pick to still be in that world because she is so different from Lou. Like, yeah. Lou as that main character, uh, like, she – it couldn't be more different. Like, they're night and day. Mm-hmm. And so for Shelby to kind of explore that and not in a way where it's like, oh, Saley, you know, needs to become strong or she needs to become sexy or, like, anything like that. Like, it's just Saley kind of finding that she already is strong. Like, mm-hmm. and she already does have all of these qualities that, like, she looks up to yeah. in Lou. It's just her, like – finding that confidence in it yeah and i actually don't even think it's quite that because i think that there she does have like a very quiet confidence in herself but it's like more the perception she gets from others it's Mm -hmm. like she doesn't like the way that her friends talk down to her basically and she's trying to show them that like no like i'm an adult too like i can take care of myself i you know i'm good at things like there's a reason why I'm here. Well, and I think that the characters seem to forget that she has been through a lot. Um, because yeah. Because she, she comes from that really pampered life, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, she's somebody who, you know, she was upper class, going to balls, like, all that kind of stuff. And I think that the characters all still see her as that. And they're completely ignoring the fact that, of like, this huge trauma that oh has been gosh. done to her. And this yeah, PTSD that she has. <laughs> Yeah, and the, and the PTSD is, like, a huge part of this book. hmm Yeah, it's, like, I think it's really well done. And we mentioned that, like, you know, it, it has, like, those similar vibes to, like, A Court of Thrones and Roses. But the good part about it is, like, it doesn't feel like it's trying to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking before about how just, like, the perception of, like, Sarah J. Moss books and just, like, things like that. Um, because I recently read a book that was trying very hard <laughs> to be a guitar but this book feels like it just like it feels very genuine and it Mm -hmm. just feels like what like it it just feels so like right everything in it feels right shelby maherin has her own voice yes like definitely she's not mimicking any other writers like she definitely has like a very confident writing voice you know yeah i feel like you can tell immediately that it's a Shelby book because mm-hmm. just the way that like the characters think and like the way like the scenarios play out like it's very 
playful in a way. Yeah. Um, which makes the book so much fun to read, even though, like, they deal with a lot of really heavy things. Yeah. Um, but that's just very uniquely Shelby. Um, we also mentioned, so, like, we don't know what is going on with this author because she recently, like, her Instagram grid is basically all gone and she's yeah. been very quiet. So, well, like, so I was in the middle of reading this and I started getting really excited the book and I'm like, oh, I better go to her Instagram page to see if she has any announcements about the next book, blah, blah, blah. And I open it and the grid is gone, mm-hmm. like gone. And I'm like, great. So when's the next book going to be like? Yeah. <laughs> and I, think it's I will probably say gonna be a bit. this uh, Scarlet Veil ends on a cliffhanger. So you will be wanting that next book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what the plan is. Um, but I I mean, hopefully there is a plan. I have a feeling that she's probably just taking her time with it, hopefully. Yeah. Which is all I can ask for. Because, like, I, authors, please take your time when you're writing your books. Please. And, like, it's okay. Shelby Mahurin also had such an aesthetic to her Instagram that it yes. just, like, baffles me that the grid is gone. Is is this, like, is she, like, entering a new era? <laughs> Is that what's happening? Oh, like Taylor? Yeah. I mean, maybe. Maybe the pirate era. Maybe. Maybe it is the pirate era. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Because she's been in this reputation, like, oh, dark academia forever. Yeah, it's been, like, dark academia for years. Yeah, that and, is like, You can argue that, like, Scarlet Veil, like, fits into that whole, like, aesthetic she has. So that's yeah. why it's, like, is the pirate book coming? She does still have the Wilted Rose in her name, which was Scar- for Scarlet Veil. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts. Okay, so some news. Like I mentioned, there is some big news that we're about to get to. Um, but first of all, um, something very exciting for a game that we really like, or a franchise, I should say, that we really, really like. But Jedi Survivor was nominated for a Grammy for video game soundtrack, which yeah. is awesome. The music in those games is so good. Yeah, so, like, this uh, this episode will be out after the Grammys, because it's Sunday. Well, mm-hmm. we're, we're recording today, Saturday. Grammys are tomorrow. So we'll see what happens. But that's so exciting. So, like, Stephen Barden and Gordy Hobb, who were the composers of the soundtrack... They are up for a Grammy. And then also John Williams for Dial of Destiny is up for a film or TV score, but he has a lot of big competition in that category. Yeah, I feel like scores over this past year have just been like really yeah, good. like Barbie's in there, Oppenheimer's in there. Grab what else? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's big competition. I don't – I didn't even like – Look at who Jedi survivors against, honestly. So we'll see. <laughs> it's good music. <laughs> so the big thing, it finally happened, guys. We got the Bad Batch season three trailer. Well, we've been waiting for this. Yeah. Well, and like, <laughs> like honestly, we were waiting for this, but it wasn't until like people started being like, where's the Bad Batch season three trailer that I was like, yeah. Where is the season three You know, the Star Wars Twitter account was really funny, too, because they started tagging um, people, like, in the comments of the video, people who were really bugging them, like, a lot. They were tagging them. That's so Um, funny. Oh, my God. Okay. So, like, everyone's like, oh, like, Bad Batch is starting in a month. Like, they waited so long to start marketing it. 
they took so long to like release the trailer. Do you think we would be? Do you think your fans would be able to wait more than a month after showing that specific trailer? No, I don't. (laughs) And also, like, who? Why are we surprised? Star Wars doesn't market anything that's not uh, Mando, Grogu, or Ahsoka anymore. (laughs) Yeah, true. Although this trailer and the poster that went so good, the poster too, the poster, (laughs) like. I, I cannot begin to describe, like, how, like, obviously I'm very sad that this is, like, the final season, but I'm really happy that they were, like, this is going to be a three-season story, right? Yeah. And, like, Alex and I have never, ever, ever, never said anything bad about Bad Batch. Um, if you say that we have, um, you must have been listening wrong. We've never said anything bad about Bad Batch. So, like, the fact that they were, like, this is the story, we're going to tell it, it's in three parts, I feel like just makes me as a fan really happy. Um, Are they going to make me happy when I'm watching it? I don't know. But I honestly kind of trust Bad Batch right now. I do. And like, it's really sad to me that Resistance didn't get to like end on the note that they wanted to. And a lot of Mm -hmm. that team is on Bad Batch. Um, So I'm really happy for them that they get to tell their whole story this time. Are we going to talk about the... Yeah, I feel like we can't really dance around it. So <laughs> this trailer showed that Ventress is coming back. I screamed. I, I was, was like... like <laughs> and like, okay, so people were really divided on this. And I like, I kind of understand divided. why, but I also kind of don't. Excuse me. Divided? Did, like, yeah, people, so many people were like, Oh, I guess this just means that another book is like decanonized and like people were uh, mad. Oh, it's like yeah, you don't I saw understand. A little bit of that. I saw a little bit of that. But then in the in the article, they were like saying like, "Don't worry, the book is is we're we're you know using the book. Like we're not yeah. decanonizing anything." No, that makes which me excited. Promptly like, made Alex and I both reread Dark Disciple. Yes, we we between the trailer and now we have both reread We've dark both disciple read dark disciple again. <laughs> i don't even know how many times i, I think I, it's I wa- my third or fourth i i was going to say the same thing i i think it's my third i i think it's the third it might be the fourth yeah um is this one of my favorite books too like it's so good like the whole time i'm reading it i was like man like this is what's so good about Star Wars books. Like, I feel like a lot yeah. of the time Star Wars books kind of get, you kind of get lost in the weeds a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just so good. And, like, the way that they use Obi-Wan in that book, like, <sighs> Ventress saying... Yoda and Mace Yoda and Mace are, like, it's on, on another planet. They're- it's on site. <laughs> If people, like, when people ask me, it's like, why do you hate Mace? Or, like, why do you have a problem with Yoda? I'm like, have you read Dark Disciple? <laughs> have you? Listen. This, <laughs> These I, men are crusty. I know, like, we've reread this book so many times, but this this reread, I was just like, this book is so romantic. Like, it's it just, like, very, is so romantic. It's very romantic. Like, Star Wars they're so in love romance? with each other. Yeah. Well, and see, like, this is why, like... People have been saying, like, okay, so then, like, where's Quinlan? Because Quinlan's alive. Well, I know. But, like, after this book, you can't have Ventress without Quinlan. Mm -hmm. Like, you just can't. Mm -hmm. They're so in love with each other. Like, so in love with each other. So, like, we know that Quinlan escapes Order 66. 
Yes. Like, I can't believe they did that. They were like, okay, we're going to drop this little seed in Andor and tell you that Quinlan is still alive. No, it was in, it was in Obi-Wan. It was in Obi-Wan. Oh, crap. You're so right. Yeah, yeah it yeah, is in yeah, Obi-Wan. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. I was picturing the scene, even though I was saying Andor, but no, I, I know what you mean, though. It. I know what you mean. Um, yeah. Like, they did that for us. They're they alive. really did. They really did, though. <laughs> well, and so many people are like, how can she be alive? Like, this is a retcon, blah, 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 blah. But, like, listen. The magics. The magics. The magic. magic. <laughs> you can, listen. If they can bring back Ventress, they can bring back Ben Solo. Literally. Literally. Okay. But see, we were reminded, <laughs> right? We were reminded that one of the storylines that we were supposed to get in Resistance was Ventress. So that means that she lives that long. Like, Or at that least at long. some point. Yeah. And or then, she so gets that- brought back then but then like wait questions so if she (laughs) these are hypothetical questions if she was going to be in resistance she would have had to be brought back just like how what however they're going to do it in bad batch Mm -hmm. is she gonna be if she's brought back close to the resistance timeline has she not aged and is quinlan now an old man oh my god (laughs) but we're not getting that she's getting brought back Closer to to her time of death. Okay, obviously. but see, like this is where I put on my tinfoil hat, right? Yeah, it, it's on. Unfortunately, no matter how hard I try or how far I feel like I've come, the clown makeup was put on in permanent marker, right? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it was applied in permanent marker. So, like, my <laughs> it's like, could she be <laughs> in the Ray movie? <laughs> she gonna bring back Ben Solo (laughs) listen like seeing a live action Ventress that's cool yeah I would like that way more than like live action rebel yeah I was gonna say or like live action rebel rebel characters yeah like she's just such a really really cool character yeah and the, like, I was really paying attention to, like, the way that she describes, like, the light versus the dark side, because the Night Sisters have a very different interpretation of the dark side, because um, that's what they use. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Marin, like, she uses the dark side, but she's not, like, a Sith. She's not, like, a dark sider. Like, she just, she just uses it. It's a tool, just like anything else. And so it's interesting to hear her talk about that. And then, you know, we have these magical waters on Dathomir. Yeah. Like, I just feel like anything's possible as long as we're brave enough to do it and not stupid. But... I can't wait to find out how she's brought back. I I will laugh so hard if it's literally just a somehow Ventress returned. <laughs> I don't think so, by the way, the quotes were in that article. I agree. I agree. I, I think that they... It pains me to say this. I really feel like that they are, like, they've planned something. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, also, like, we have, you know, the Night Sisters that are in Ahsoka, right? So they're really True. trying to bring Night Sisters back into the lore of, like, mm. this timeline. Because, like, before Jedi Fallen Order... There were no Night Sisters. Yeah, because they were all massacred. Yeah, in in this timeline that we're in. So now we're going to have three that survive Mm 
the massive, well, three instances of it, the the nice sisters that are in Ahsoka mm-hmm. and then Marin and Ventress. Yes. Which is really interesting. Like I'm I'm kinda wondering if they have it in the pipeline to do like a night sister book or like explore specifically like more night sister stuff. I kind of feel like they set it up a little bit with Ahsoka. I honestly really did like that planet that they went to. Yeah. It's very mythic and very like force connected and related. I just don't know if I'm gonna like the direction they go with it. I but think it depends who's making the show. It does. It it very much does. Yeah. Um. So, like, they have a lot of interesting things that they can play with. As far as Batch ba- Bad Batch is concerned, like, I'm so excited to see her. I'm also really excited because, like, we got crosshair looking sad. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's a time jump. There is a time jump. Because Omega they has about, been like, waiting. Yeah, how long has Omega been waiting? She looks long older. enough to get a new haircut. Yeah, I'm. I am positive that that new assassin clone dude is tech. I'm positive. There is not a doubt in my mind. Yeah, that people is are tech. saying like, oh, that's like Winter Soldier tech. <gasps> like, but like, imagine the storytelling with crosshair and fee and fee. Somebody said that if that happens, um, they need to call, what did they say? Um, technical difficulties will be their ship name. Oh my God. <laughs> technical difficulties. <laughs> ah. Oh my God. Gosh, and remember Pabu? Yeah. Pabu. I was going to bring up Pabu. Like, that's how we want the show to end, right? Like, the, yeah. the finale is them all happy family on Pabu. Like, they're yeah. retired. They're done. They're done. They're done. And Ventress is like, I got to go find my husband. That's what I want. <sighs> I'm really excited. We're getting three and- episodes all at once, too. Yeah. And Quinlan has been in Clone Wars, so, like, they already have him designed to be yes. an animation. Yes. <laughs> this is true. I, if he's actually in Bad Batch, like, I'm going to freak out. I kind of feel like he won't be. I know. I agree. But he could. Like, they, he could. Like, it's like they have the design. Like, they know what he's going to look like animated. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. They really, like... I saw that trailer and I'm like, I've never said anything bad about Star Wars ever. I don't know what you're talking about. I know, right? <laughs> like, and then it makes you remember the good old days of watching Andor and Kenobi. Yeah. It's just kind of funny because it's just like, you know, like Trosh like really broke the fandom. But yeah. then like stuff like this happens and it reminds you like why you're so invested or like why you yeah. were so invested. You know, it's like, it just, it's like no time has passed. Like it just feels... Like, yeah, yeah, this is what we want. I know? think, like, the thing with me is that the Star Wars universe, like, the world building of it all is so good. And it's just unfortunate when bad writing, like, when they when they write, like, bad scripts or bad character development into shows in this universe that is so ripe for just, like, different kinds of stories, right? Like. Yeah, I know. You have it all. <laughs> they really do. Like, there's so many possibilities that they could do, and they keep playing it safe, you know? Yeah. 
I feel like that's really what it is. It's like they're just they're playing it safe with a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And what made so many people get so excited is when they were like, oh, we're doing something new and different. But then they they backtracked. Yeah. So I think and- another thing that just makes me sad is that like I love Clone Wars. I love Rebels. I love animated Ahsoka. Yeah. Do I don't love live action Ahsoka, but like it taints that character for me, you know? Like it's like it does. Like I I'm le- am I letting it taint Ahsoka? Like I just wish we could go back. I know. <laughs> I, I feel the same way because like honestly and I didn't even really hate the Rebels portrayal, but mm-hmm. it kind of makes me kind of like feel eh about Rebels, which makes me sad. No. I know. I know. Because I actually did like the I did like the Rebels in Ahsoka, but I just like everything reminds me of that so, now. Like, okay. So to me, because the Rebels finale is like so perfect and like True. it's like closing of a book. True. Like it like is such a good ending that I can see it differently. And I find Ahsoka's story is like they never really close a book on Ahsoka. It's no, always, they always leave it open. Yeah. So like to me, I think that's the difference between how I feel about like Rebels as a show because it's like a finished product and then mm-hmm. they're adding them back into other stories where Ahsoka it's like one big story where it kind of never ends that's true like I, I do I think you're you're kind of right there for sure and it's just it's just disappointing because it's like it of what it could be yeah but it's not but with Bad Batch I feel like they've been doing a really good job of like kind of bringing that feeling back like those those later like those really good seasons of clone wars right like those really really pivotal episodes of like rebels and things like that like i feel like yeah that's what bad batch is giving i'm like a little bit worried what's gonna happen after bad batch like will there be another animated show i know that's kind of the thing I i don't mean um like What's the Young Visions? Jedi Adventures? Yeah, like I love Visions. Don't get me wrong, but I'm talking oh, one, about yeah. like a more like episodic mm-hmm. Star Wars animated show. Like, will that happen? Once you like, I think the answer is we genuinely don't know, but I kind of think no, that's at least for the foreseeable me. future. Like that's like I know. Because they're going to do Skeleton Crew, which is going to be more kid-focused. Yeah. And I feel like regardless, I feel like if that show succeeds, they're going to be like, see, we don't need to do animation. If it fails, they're going to say, see, these people don't you really want think Star so? Wars. Like, because I feel like even though Dave has moved on to live action, he still loves animation. I think he does too, but I I feel like lately he's just been so Ahsoka heavy. Yeah. Like if it's not Ahsoka, it kind of feels like Dave isn't really going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even The Mandalorian ended up being Ahsoka. Well, I guess I also wonder if the team that made Resistance and Bad Batch, if they're still at Lucasfilm. Because if they're still employed there i'm assuming they're probably story making a new story for animation yeah 
I don't know. I wonder what it would be like a new animated show. Like what would they follow? You know? Hmm. Um, I mean, I, I would like to see like a High Republic like yeah. era. You know? Yeah. I like, still not feel like Jedi Adventures, but like older. Yeah, I still feel like post um like I feel, I still feel like sequel era is like not touchable. Yeah. Like they just still have not even touched it. So like I would love to see like a more like like obviously Young Jedi Adventures is more like Disney Junior. So like more like you remember like Di- I don't know if you had this in like Disney XD. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's exactly what, what we want, right? Is like mm-hmm. a Disney XD type of Star Wars show. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because I remember when Clone Wars was on Cartoon Network. Like, I, I remember because it was always on, like, before or after, like, Ben 10, which is what I watched. So we need to bring that back. Like, that's, I feel like Star Wars needs that. They always do, like, a show with the phone. Order characters, but it could be too close to Rebels. Yeah, I feel like they probably won't do anything that's too close to Rebels or like too like in vain with the clones again. But I don't know. Okay, so I think with that, it is finally time to discuss the final two episodes of Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Can I just say, honestly, like these two episodes were some of my favorite episodes of the entire series. They've all been really good, though. They have all been it's really like, good. It's like, that's it's crazy to say that. Like, oh, yeah, seven and eight were the best episodes. But then you're, like, thinking back, you're like, wow. I loved all the episodes, yeah. though. I still, I think that episode three is my favorite episode. Yeah. The Medusa episode. Like, yeah. I, I think, like, hands down, that one's my favorite. Um, I really liked the Waterland episode with Ares as well. But, like, man, all this stuff with Hades in episode seven is so good. I was nervous for Hades, okay? Really? <laughs> yes, because his portrayal in the book is terrible, okay? So, like, I mentioned this before, but some fans have hated that Rick Riordan has been doing this. I personally have liked it. He's been updating and, like, tweaking things because the first Percy Jackson book – I'm so sorry, Besties, came out 19 years ago. <laughs> like, I, it yeah. makes me feel gross. But it's very, like, reflective of that. And even when you read them, like, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief is not the most well-written book ever. Like, you, you see over the course of the books, Rick's writing get better and better and better. And so you can see throughout the show that, like, he's adjusting things here and there, with that eye towards making it to book five, right? So, like, sliding in things about Luke's past, exploring Grover and his searcher's quest, like, a little bit more, um, updating even Sally. Like, I love the portrayal of Sally Jackson in this story. Yeah. But Hades, um, like, they did drop this, they did mention this in the show, which I thought was interesting. Like, the last time there was a war with the gods, it started World War Two. In the books, that is also true, and it is expressed that uh, Hitler was a son of Hades, uh, and that Hades kind of looks like Hitler. Oh, my God. So I was nervous, but they, like, totally yeah. got rid of all well, that. Well, like, with their their uh, track record through each of these episodes updating stuff, I'm sure yes. – I'm sure. Uh, 
It wasn't going to happen. No. Well, and, like, we mentioned before, too, like, the female characters, like, especially, like, the monsters had more agency. It wasn't just about, like, yeah. oh, monster of the week. Like, every single monster, like, had a point. And I feel like the portrayal of the gods with every single god was so good. Yeah. Like, Ares was amazing. Hades, so good. Like, he... Especially later on, like, this is where you really get that Hades person like, perception. Like, he is the only member who, like, kept the pack. No forbidden children after the pack. His two forbidden, ch- forbidden children are from before that, right? And he's like, why would I want to start a war with the gods? I'm fine. I ha- yeah. I'm very busy. I'm unbothered. So like, unbothered. Like, unbothered king, right? Yeah. Like, Hades is just so, like... He's not like Zeus, and he's not like Poseidon. And so it really shows, like, I love that it's called, you know, we find out the truth, sort of, because, like, Hades is just like, why do you think I would do that? Like, what? Like, I'm just chilling down here. Somebody took my helm. So, like, that's my only problem. And I love that. He was very just chill. Yeah. That was great. I don't understand how you can be mad about these changes. Some people are. Like, some people genuinely wanted it to be, like, an exact one-for-one. And, like, I get that. I totally do get that because of the nostalgia. But that's not going to work. Yeah. Because we're trying to bring in these new audiences. We're trying to bring in people who haven't read the books. Like, this show has been so, like, inclusive in feeling. And it just adds to the book. Like, I think it just makes the book better the changes that they're making. But that just, like, makes me question, like, what are you actually nostalgic for? Because all of the, like, I guess, like, important things yeah. are included. I agree. Like, like, the things that are being changed, like, why are you nostalgic for that Yeah, the stuff that's thing? being changed is not important. Like, like you're I nostalgic even- for, like, these uh, female characters being, like, one-dimensional. Right. Or, like, like you somebody brought weird. up, like, um, like the Krusties scene. Okay, hold yeah. on. We're going to talk about Krusties. First of all, <laughs> I'm still so shocked that they did Krusties, okay? Um, also, there's an amazing screenshot of me telling Alex, oh, my God, it opens at Krusties, and then my next message is, he's not hot. <laughs> <laughs> and then our friend was like, why did you think he'd be hot? And it's like, I don't know. Because um, we were making jokes about Logan Lerman being cast as Krusty. Which would have been why. so funny. Which would have been so funny. Um, but somebody even pointed out, too, like, with that, because, like, the kids go in, and I I, I nailed this. I'm so proud of myself for nailing this, that Krusty's was going to be the entrance to the underworld, because if they were going to do it, they were going to drop the record store, which they did. Um, and they came in already knowing that they, like, immediately call Krusty on his, you know on his shenanigans they're not having any of it and they take him down pretty quickly people were mad about it like people were like that's not how it happened in the book and i'm like okay but like do we really need to see crusty trap children on a waterbed no we don't need to see that <laughs> we don't i'm so sorry but we don't need to see that thank you so i really liked that scene i thought it was fun that they added that in <laughs> The thing is, is like all the important things are included. Why are you mad about like these little trivial things? Yeah. I mean, I think it just comes down to like people still being mad at like casting decisions. Like people are still nasty towards like Leah and like Leah is Annabeth to me. Man, Shannon, 
you gotta go watch the documentary. I started tearing up because they they talked about the casting um, experience for each mm-hmm. of the trio. I was like crying like so much. Everyone talking about Leah. It was She's like so my favorite good. part of the documentary. And all their parents were in the documentary talking about their experience watching their kids Aww. and how proud they are. Wow. Every single one of these characters were cast perfectly. Yeah. Like, even beyond the trio. Like, listen, did I want Logan Lerman to be Poseidon? Yes. Could he have pulled off the Poseidon we do get? No. No. Oh, my God. Like, Toby, Toby, what's his last? I don't remember. But he's, um... Dame Judy Dench's... No, not Judy Dench. The Who other dame. The other dame? Not Judy Dench. <laughs> <laughs> Professor McGonagall. Oh, right. Her. Um, I can't remember her name at this moment. <laughs> Maggie Smith. Maggie, Maggie Smith. Smith. Not Judy dame Dench. Dame Maggie Smith. Not Judy Dench. <laughs> Anyway, it's related to Maggie. Is he her son? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, they that Sally Poseidon flashback was like completely new. Like that was completely. I loved it. So I rewatched the finale yesterday, and like Mm -hmm. I was really paying attention to that scene on my rewatch. I loved. I loved the the like the effects that were set when he comes in. Oh my god. (sighs) The way the music, the way that they don't even look at each other, they don't even yeah, look at each other. Yeah, but you can other. feel the the compassion they have for each other. Yes, you can feel it. Yeah, like he portrays Poseidon so well because, like, in the books, like honestly, I feel like he's like the perfect book portrayal of Poseidon because they mentioned that, like, you know, he kind of looks like an old fisherman, but like he has like that godly presence. Mm-hmm. And I feel like of all the gods that we saw, you really get that with Poseidon, like this just imposing presence, especially for Percy, because it's just like that's my dad, but yeah. that's also like the god of the sea. I will say, like, in the last scene with him, like, when he confronts Zeus and he surrenders, his shirt was so wrinkly. I was so distracted by it. <laughs> And I was trying to think. I was like, was this, like, a purposeful thing to have his shirt wrinkly? Like, is that, like, part of the character? I mean, in the books, like, he is, like, very much, like, fisherman attire. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was, like, I wonder if, like, this is just part of the fact that, you know, like, he is the ruler of the sea and his his shirt would probably get wet and wrinkle all the time. I don't know know why I was thinking about that, but I just couldn't look away. I feel like that just adds so much to him, though. Like, I... I was, like, mesmerized by him. Like, just everything about him was great. And I think that they did a really good job of, like, kind of showing this juxtaposition with, like, the brothers, you know, with Hades, Poseidon, and Zeus. They're all very different, and I feel like they reflect their kingdom really well. 
Like, mm-hmm. Zeus is always, like, described in the book, like, he wears, like, suits and everything. And I think it's because he's very much, like, you know, he's the king of all of the gods. Like, he yeah. kind of rules everything. And I feel like that was portrayed really, really well. Like, he was terrifying. There was not a mm-hmm. thought in my mind that he wouldn't kill Percy, like, in an instant. Yeah. Like, And I guess, like, bef- also before season two starts, they're going to have to recast Zeus. I know. Sadly. That is really sad because he did Lance, such a good job. Yeah, Lance, he's such a good actor. It's, it, I'm sad again, but I know. You know, yeah, you did a great. I think it was his last um, TV appearance. I think I know the episode was like in memory of him. Yeah. Like he did a fantastic job as Zeus. Like that whole scene was outstanding. He like was so scary, like you said. Yeah, it was really scary. Um, Before we get too far into that episode eight, I do want to jump back to episode seven for just a second with how they designed the underworld. Because in the books, it's very like, it's, it's described as like waiting in like a really long line for something, you know, like they have to wait a really long time to get processed. And then you either go to the fields of Asphodel or the Fields of Punishment, or Elysium, just depending on how you were in life. Most people go to the Fields of Asphodel. And in the sh- in the book, it's just like standing in a field forever, and you don't really have your memories. And that's just where all the normal people go. And I really liked in the show, like, you stand there and you're physically rooted to the yeah, ground like by tree. your regret. Yes. Yeah. That was really cool. And the fact that Annabeth, starts to get rooted like i don't what is her regret yeah i'm like i'm a book reader and i'm like what (laughs) that was so interesting could it be like something to do with thalia or her, her mom i mean it absolutely could be i'm excited for them to explore more like with annabeth like we see in the ending like you know she's gonna go back and like be with her dad um, which is always cool to, like, build on. So I wonder if it has to do, like, with Thalia and just, like, not being able to save her or if it's something else. We get to learn a lot more about her time with Luke and Thalia in the second book because they find one of her old safe houses in Virginia. So I wonder if they'll expand on that. Like, that that's just one of the great things. Like, they've been planning so many threads that connect to, like, later things. It's so clear to me that they're really, really working hard on this. So in episode eight, the prophecy comes true. Um, That face-off with Ares, amazing. It was really good. um, Like, it was well choreographed, Mm -hmm. too. And you didn't get to see the documentary, but they talked about filming this scene and how... um, Walker was really excited about filming it because, like, the actor who plays Aries is a wrestler, mm-hmm. and and also Leo was like terrified of him on set. <laughs> I mean, he's really big. Yeah, <laughs> I love the way that they did that, and like Walker did a fantastic job. Like, yeah. he really nailed. Like, we've talked like we talked about this a little bit before. Like, other characters describe Percy. As, like, really scary. (laughs) Like, they describe him, like, and his powers and the way he fights as terrifying. And seeing that on screen, because, like, you never really feel that. because Yeah. 
Like, you never feel that as a reader because you're reading from Percy's perspective. But, like, seeing it happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, that kid's terrifying. Like, of course Zeus wants him dead. Look how powerful he is. I just, the like, the ocean coming up behind him just. Yeah. Blew me away. That was so good. So I think we need to talk about the prophecy coming true and the portrayal. Yeah. Even though we've read the books, we were, I was like. <gasps> I was still like, surprised I mean, like, Pikachu. I knew, I knew, but like, I was like so enraptured by Charlie's performance. Like he, the reveal was so well done. He was acting his butt off. So my dad. My dad has not read the books, and he didn't see it coming. Like, he didn't think it was going to be Luke. That's – I, I love that. I wanted to know. I was like, like, did you see that coming? He's like, no. Yeah. I feel like it. it's done so well that, like, you are just like, oh, yeah. Like, it, of course it's Clarice because, like, Harry's was in on it, you know? Like, of course yeah. it was. And you miss – it's like it's easy to miss the little things with Luke and like his frustration and like his talk of glory and things like that. I saw somebody bring up that in the book um, when Luke kind of like comes clean because like he does give that offer to Percy in the book as well. Like come with me like, you know, I need you on my side. It happens like off alone, like nothing was really going on. They were just like kind of out in the woods together. But in the show, like what spurs it on was like they were in the midst of Percy's glory which is something Luke never got Mm -hmm. and that's what he's always been chasing so already Percy has what he will never have and has always wanted which is one glory and two that acknowledgement from his father like Percy was like spared by Poseidon it's so clear that Poseidon really cares about Percy and like Luke does not have that at all and so Mm -hmm. it just the Charlie's face and all of that his face when he says that like you know he he didn't intend for Grover to get harmed in this process like Grover was never supposed to be wearing the shoes that was the trap like he genuinely didn't want Grover to get hurt yeah. And I just Charlie so good. The whole so time good. Annabeth was listening because she had her hat on. That was a really good addition. That was really good. Like, and because the betrayal stings so much more for her. Yes. Well, and like I don't know if they'll still like kind of add this in, but she, you know, has a crush on Luke in the books. Yeah. And it's really hard for her to conceptualize this portrayal um, because she cared about him so much. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's just very, very difficult for her to, like, stomach this, even though she knows it's true. Yeah. So I'm excited to see how they take that since she personally saw what happened. Like, she personally saw this portrayal. So I wonder how they're going to adapt that later on. He's such – somebody pointed out that, like, this is the last time we're ever going to see Luke in his Camp Half-Blood shirt. Right. Yeah. And it's just – he's so good. I, I Casting Charlie was an amazing choice. 
I think we have decided that we love all the casting. There's not one person I know. cast that I'm like, that wasn't right. Like, There's literally nobody. There's literally nobody where it wasn't right. I mean... <laughs> I did see this. I did see one thing from the documentary, and it was that um, the guy who plays Chiron was literally on a horse. Yeah. <laughs> Even the horse. Great casting. Beautiful oh, casting. Also, from the documentary, they said that Lynn Manuel Miranda was their first choice for Hermes. That's so interesting, though. It was He's... their first. They're, they're like, oh, who's your first choice? And they're like, we got our first choice. Like, I say that I'm I'm happy with all the casting, and like, I will say, like, Lynn Manuel. Lin Manuel Miranda actually like bodied that role. Like he kind of popped off. Yeah, like he did a really good job. Like you wouldn't have like cast him like automatically. No. Like you're impressed by what he did, but like if you were casting, you never would have thought of him. No. And so that's why I'm kind of surprised that they like appar- they always thought of him. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Interesting. But what's really cute was so he only filmed for like two days because oh. I mean he's not in Okay, that he's much. very busy. Um but he was saying that he's been reading the Percy Jackson books to his kid for the Aww. first time. Like he never read them, so he started mm-hmm. reading them to his kid. And I and he was talking about like he didn't know that much about Greek mythology and how he's been learning about it through watching of reading Percy Jackson. Mm-hmm. And like I couldn't stop thinking about the way he was talking about Greek mythology. I'm like, is he gonna become like like is it gonna become his new special interest and then he's gonna write a new musical about greek mythology i know like hadestown exists um yeah, his so own it's like Hadestown. hard to compete with like another really good broadway show mm-hmm. but he is lin manuel Miranda. you want you wonder if he that's something that could happen because I, I don't know really what it was about that scene where he was like oh i i like i didn't know that much about greek mythology and like i've been learning a lot reading the Percy Jackson books I was like there's like a glimmer in his eye (laughs) (laughs) I mean there's a lot that he could do like there's a lot of like threads that you could pull Mm -hmm. other than just like what they do with Hadestown so like I mean I would be looking that would be interesting for Mm -hmm. sure um I mean he did a really good job I think what's really gonna make or break his performance for me is seeing him in flashbacks with Luke's mom, I think that's what's really gonna cement it for me. Because he... Like, that's just such an interesting thing that happened. You Mm -hmm. know, like, with May Castellan. So, I I am definitely, like, looking at that. Like, interested to see where that's gonna go. I really loved, like, just the entire ending. Like, with Sally... Coming back, like Sally, ugh, MVP, like amazing. Um, I love that she makes the blue pancakes. I was really worried about how they were gonna handle the blue food without being cringy. They did so good with it. It's just so like quiet and normal. Yeah. Like there's no like we only blue foods are thing and blah 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 and like you know anything. It's did just you, it's just there. Do you like one Percy called Kronos Grandpa? <laughs> He's such, he's such, like, that, I like the way that he's so exasperated in the dream, too. He's like, really? Again? What are we doing? Like, what's up? <laughs> like, I, that's really funny to me. And, like, his mom is, like, terrified, and he's like, it's grandpa. <laughs> what did he think about the after credit scene? I 
loved that. Like I was wondering because I was I was waiting and I was like, Sally never got the head. I liked this better. I feel like this this portrayal of Gabe was so perfect. He's like, oh, this is for Percy. It's for me. The original, like what originally happened to the head? Um, yes. So originally, um, they mail it, they mail the head back because it's like void. They don't want it. And Percy gets it. And like, obviously Percy knows what it is. And so he gives it to Sally and she decides, like she opens it up and she turns Gabe into a statue. Um, and she, she sells Gabe as if she made the statue and gets a lot of money for it. (laughs) So I don't know if she's still going to do that, <laughs> but... They're just going to find him outside the apartment. Yeah. Or someone's going to find him. Somebody's going to find him. Because, like, they have a better apartment and, like, they're they're in, like, a better place in the next... Um, yeah. And, the, like, the next book um, because she does I don't that. Know. Their, their apartment is pretty nice for a New York apartment. <laughs> it's pretty big. Yeah, you're right. You are right. You, it, that's very, very true. Um, I do like that Gabe was just so stupid and it was his own stupidity that turned him. That was mm-hmm. that was pretty funny. I will admit. I did like that. Um, my absolute favorite thing about the finale that made me like super giddy was so Grover gets his searcher's license. It's going to mm-hmm. start looking for Pan. And he's Little like, flower. Well, and he's like, nobody's checked the C's. And I was like, Leonardo DiCaprio, point. <laughs> like, <laughs> Sea of Monsters, that's where we're going. <laughs> so I really liked that. And that um, Annabeth is going to go to Disney World. Like, yeah. go for her. And then they went to Disney World, the actors. <sighs> that was so funny. Like, I... The way, the way people have been fan casting Walker as like a young Anakin. Have you seen that? I love it. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Like he's perfect for between the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Yeah. He is. Like, I loved that. That was so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, And the way he refused the green milk. He's like, this is Percy Jackson. That was can really only drink funny. the blue milk. I'm really excited. So I'm going to Disney World. Uh, in less than a week and i they still have all the props and the costumes at hollywood studios so i'm planning to go see that i'm very excited i think you know like shannon's going too in a few weeks and i think you're gonna get them i think they'll still be there yeah but i mean i'm going also, in i'm going in march so it's still gonna yeah. be like another month well like they also apparently beside the percy jackson stuff they have a bunch of props and costumes from the live action little mermaid Oh, cool. And that movie that's came been a, out. That's like a year ago. Yeah, almost. like like at least nine months ago. Yeah. Uh, and those are there. So I mm-hmm. think there's a good chance Percy will still be there when you go. Yeah, because we're going to studios. So yeah. that'll it's be in, exciting. It's in one man's dream for anyone wondering where the um, – all the like, it's like the, an exhibit for the Disney company, Disney World, mm-hmm. Walt Disney kind of thing. And it's, it's a great place to cool off. Yes. What did we see? We Was that where we saw, like, a preview of, like, Onward or something? It wasn't Onward. I think so. What did yeah. we see? Was it Onward? I don't I don't know. I just remember. But usually there's previews in there. I just I remember think... we couldn't get back up because we were so tired. Yeah. Um, it may have been Onward. But, yes, it's, like, in the back of that towards where the theater area is. That's where the Percy Jackson stuff is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I definitely want to go in there. My mom really likes all that 
kind of stuff. And so I want to do kind of more of like a, just like a chill, do that instead of like the grind of ride to ride to ride. You know what I mean? Yeah. This trip for me is not going to be grind, grind, grind either. I'm like looking forward to just being relaxed. Yeah. (laughs) That's definitely the vibe. I really hope that they are already maybe like maybe they're already filming season two and we just don't even know we just don't even know shannon they're not but what if they are did you see that interview with walker (laughs) but what if they are was like literally exposing them and him being like it was like kind of like sad like because he was like well i don't know if i'm allowed to like apply for other acting roles because I don't know when they're going to need me back. Yeah. And see, like, that's hard because it's like, I know that these kids' careers are probably going to take off. And, like, especially the adults that are in this show, like, they had some, like, high caliber people. So. Well, I mean, I'm assuming, like, they have to make, like, this week. Like, there's going to be a, there has to be. Because the numbers, the ratings that they're doing, the streaming numbers are super high. Like, there's no reason why it wouldn't be renewed. At least, you know, like, the good thing is the writer's room already started. Like, yeah, like, they're ready for when they get the green light. Mm -hmm. I was kind of surprised that they didn't announce it in that Disney World thing, like, when they were in Disney World. That's what I thought, too. I was like, you know what? They're, like, when they started filming it, not even when they got the release those things. I was like... Like, I, I thought that like they were going to film them announcing it in Disney World. And then, yeah. like, obviously when that special came maybe out. Maybe they did. Shannon, maybe they did and they haven't released that video yet. But then wouldn't Walker not be saying that he doesn't know if he could take another role? Well, th- those interviews were probably were filmed maybe true. before that. That's true. Because they were literally, like, um, Alex's parents are in Disney World right there. And they were there. <laughs> so oh, yeah. My dad was like... They were in Magic Kingdom the same day they were, and they, they didn't see them, but my dad was like, oh, we just missed them. Yeah. So, like, the, like they literally just filmed that. Because they filmed, like, a bunch of different videos, actually, for social media. There was, That's like, true. different ones. Yeah. They could have, honestly, they could have filmed a renewal video, and it's going to come out, like, this coming week. It could. Maybe it'll come out, you know, because we won't have a Percy episode. Like yeah, maybe or like um, like a Monday, Tuesday kind of announcement. Like a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I really don't know what's next for Disney Plus right now. I know like they're filming Daredevil Born Again, which like – Is everywhere. Slay. Like they, they're just leaking everything. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like everything's leaked. Like characters, <laughs> costumes, we can see it all. <laughs> like, um, But like I don't know what's next like show-wise for Disney Plus. Oh, like live action? Like, I don't know what show they're going to have that's going to be big, like, Percy Jackson or, like, a Marvel show or, like, a Star Wars show. Like, I don't know what's next for them. Like, something that would be filming now? Yeah. Because, like, like, Acolyte is going to come. Yeah. Or, like, what's going to fill the spot that Percy Jackson just vacated? A Wednesday releases? I guess. Well, because we were saying Oh, I guess it'll Bad be Bad Batch. Batch. Yeah, I guess it'll be Bad Batch. But they did Bad Batch and Mando at the same time. I know. (laughs) So. I like it when it's not at the same time. So this will be nice. Yes. Um, Yeah, I guess Bad Batch. We have a few weeks, though, before Bad Batch starts. 
We do. Yeah, we talked about that. Like our next episode um, is probably going to be Bad Batch, right? Yeah. Yes. The Bad Bachelor makes his return. The Bad Bachelor. (laughs) Shannon, you know what they are releasing is Ahsoka scenes in Star Tours. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't hate those as much as I hated us getting Exegol three times. Yeah. (laughs) I'll see what I get this time, I guess. You're going to get Exegol again. It's going to be funny. Well, my parents went on it the other day and then like, oh, we got a new scene. And I'm like, what scene? And they're like, oh, it was was Poe and (laughs) Finn and they were on Crate. I'm like, that one's old. Yeah, that's an old scene. We didn't get Crate. I'm like, you just don't ride this ride very often. Yeah. No, we rode it three times in a row because there was no line and we got Exegol every time. So I think Exegol was probably in their algorithm that day. I think it was. It. We were so unhappy. I'm hoping, I'm hoping um, next week Exegol is out of the algorithm. <laughs> and I get like, I like the prequels ones personally. I really yeah, like I agree. Um, Naboo, like the under underwater one, even though that one is all like, that one's really common too, but I like it. Yeah. Well, it's cheesy and fun. Like, mm. that's like Phantom Menace, like level, you know? Yeah. Like, I like that. So I think that is going to do it for the Demigod Dish for season one. Anyway, we will be counting down for season two. Um, like we said, next up for us is going to be The Bad Batch and The Bad Bachelor. Uh, really excited. Very, very excited for season three. I cannot wait to see our sad baby boys again. We are on the Tech is Alive train. We are on Crosshair Did Nothing Wrong Brain Rot. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Omega's um, gonna make it back to Pabu. I gotta make it back to Pabu. I remember when we thought Pabu was a thi- was a person. <laughs> <laughs> we like you have to understand our Bad Bachelor series is just so silly. Like it's, we're like it's vibes the silliest. Only. <laughs> we're like the silliest when we're recording Bad Bachelor. I yeah, especially <laughs> once once like the second half of the season came and we were like, wait, hold on. <laughs> Um, so if you haven't listened to our Bad Bachelor series, um, highly recommend. It's a fun time. <laughs> um, but if you would like to keep the conversation going, you can find us pretty much always on um, Twitter or Instagram at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon and Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>